welcome to Be Simply This Is She, and I want to thank you for being here in this moment. Today, we're connecting to self-reliance. We're going to be exploring our interior and exterior landscape to evaluate how self-reliant we are and also to evaluate where we might need to give some attention to our interior world and our exterior world. Now, the reason I bring this topic up is that our culture right now, as it exists here on planet Earth, is very codependent. And what happens when we live in a codependent society is that we become uh, very calculated in what we do because we realize that every action that we take is somewhat conditional that we realize, gosh, if we need this, we need to try to do this so that this person will give us that or this situation will respond this way. And that takes us out of our natural harmony with nature. We are part of nature. And the one thing that I have been contemplating for many years is this concept of being self-reliant and also owning what that means. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And there are so many blessings that support us along the way as we become self-reliant as an individual and as a society. So it is important as you explore this, if you so do choose, that you give gratitude for all those beautiful beings that support you along the way, that see your shining light and are willing to show up and uh, give back to you in ways that you've given to others. So the beauty here is, is that when we become more self-reliant in our internal ecosystem and our external ecosystem is that we have more to give. We have more self-awareness of our surroundings. We have a better understanding of what's needed to support the whole. And the only way to really have that awareness is to start to have a deep understanding of what you need internally and how you relate externally to your world so that you can make sure that they're in harmony with one another. So with that being said, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be evaluating our mind, our body, our heart slash soul to evaluate uh, that interior landscape to give us kind of a, a basis for understanding maybe where we need to place some attention, maybe where we're too focused in one area. What happens is in an ecosystem similar to a swimming pool, when all aspects of self are not being uh, fed, then depletion occurs, disease occurs, imbalance occurs. And this is a dance, a daily dance to keep self in balance. In addition, then we're going to evaluate the external forces that contribute to keeping our internal being balanced and are very much a part of our current society. So this is a really helpful practice no matter where you are, no no matter how beautiful and blessed you feel your life is. It can always uh, deepen and richen. There can be a deeper level of intimacy with self and those around you. So what I would like us to do is we entered this segment with I Won't Let You Down. It's a song by OK Go. They're a really fun group and put together a lot of beautiful visual media for their music. I would like you just to start to do a check-in, to check in with self. And before we enter this discourse, just to see where you're at right now. And that concept of I Won't Let You Down is really rather than coming from an external voice, it's beautiful to have that support, that unconditional support from another is to think about how can you support yourself? How can you not let yourself down? 
and maybe you have and that's okay to realize maybe where you have and what what you need to do to bring it back into balance and as you do that think about uh, unconditional love for yourself and then we'll get into later when we look into our external world how we can be unconditional with others so with that being said let's just take a big deep breath bringing that breath into the physical body holding on to it for a moment and then exhaling out and then gently breathing into your mind and exhaling out and then from there, gently breathing into the heart center, just dipping into that heart center, connecting with how you can support self, evaluating self, gently breathing in and out. And then gently allow yourself to move with the fun music. Welcome yourself to be empowered by what self can do for self.
gently just uh, maybe slowing the body down, breathing in and out, and just reconnecting to my voice in this moment. And so that concept of not letting you down is a really profound one to contemplate. Uh, This is something that we can do at any given point in time because we lose our attention, we lose our focus. We might become distracted by many things, by beautiful things, uh, by horrific things. And what happens when we lose our focus uh, is that we let ourselves down in the sense that we forgot, oh gosh, I need this, that, and another. On a daily basis, life can change dramatically from one day to the next. And if one is in a really solid practice of honoring self, honoring internal and external landscape, one can quickly evaluate when one is out of balance. And then if one is put into a difficult situation, one can remember, wow, this is what I uh, need. These are my tools that have been so wonderful for me in the past. And it may take some courage to pull myself up by the bootstraps and keep moving forward, but I can do it. So at that moment, it's beautiful to remember uh, the people that have been great allies, the people that have stood by your side, that have been unconditional with you. And that is a great reflection of how you can be with yourself. It doesn't always feel so great when people start throwing conditions at one another. But again, as mentioned at the beginning of the segment, our society is very codependent, very manipulative in a sense that uh, the system is set up right now as a game and a construct that we manipulate our perceptions of reality uh, through social media, through Twitter, through Facebook, Instagram, all these things. We're, we're creating stories that aren't completely true in, in the hopes of manipulating people to see that you have value, self-worth. And that's a slippery slope that we put ourselves on uh, when we decide to embark on such a journey. So the first stop as we self-examine, and self-examination is a great way to identify what's in balance and out of balance in your system. So the first stop is the mind and to ask yourself a few questions. The key here in yogic and in Buddhist uh, teachings are or is to eliminate grasping. A yogic system is designed to prepare self to meditate, to calm the mind, to do asana, and then all these other things fall into place. In uh, Ayurveda, same thing, uh, preparing the body, uh, getting the body in tune, especially uh, how it's digesting emotions and food and the environment around it, preparing self to meditate and be calm. The reason we prepare the mind to be empty is that during that process, Uh, we become acutely aware of what is not at peace. And when that happens, it can be uncomfortable. (laughs) So it's beautiful that there's a system like, oh, you can go to your mat and do your asana practice. Oh, you can go to the kitchen and prepare nutrition to balance the ecosystem. The same in Chinese medicine. Oh, you can attune to how your physical body is operating and bring in the necessary resources to bring it into harmony. 
In addition, uh, you can bring in a movement, you can bring in meditation, even though if the mind isn't completely ready for meditation, you can begin the process to prepare it, to prepare it to see what maybe you're not ready to see. Now, for some of you, you might say, wow, I don't want to do that. However, there's a great freedom when you're able to see what is, and a levity occurs when you start to witness self as self and can embrace self unconditionally as self. So within that being said is to really evaluate maybe in this moment, and if you have a piece of paper or journal close by, you can keep that on hand and pause this segment and ask yourself, uh, is it occupied with thoughts, repetitive thoughts? Does it become consumed or grasp onto one thing that is the distractor from the world around you? Then the next thing is, is it consumed with a story, a story that you believe needs to come true? And from there, asking yourself, why are you consumed with this story? Uh, What's needed in this moment? These are the things that can be rolling around in the mind. Uh, Can you bring yourself back to center? So is the quality of your mind at this moment, are you able to bring yourself back to center? Understand that you're fallible, you're a human being. You might get caught up in a swirl, but can you bring yourself back to center? Have you experienced what empty is, meaning that the mind has nothing moving through it? Is it completely empty? This is what happens in meditation. You completely enter a void and emptiness, and then there are self-realizations that occur in those moments, spontaneous healing, spontaneous awareness of where you're to move next in the sense of in your daily life, uh, what you what's needed. You feel it so deeply that there's no words, there's no sound, there's nothing. It just arrives. And can you manage your mind yourself? So as we evaluate the mind, you know, to be honest with self, if you can't manage your mind yourself, that means, hey, I am overwhelmed with my thoughts. I'm overwhelmed with stress, anxiety, my ego. Maybe I need to have a sounding board. Maybe I need some talk therapy. Maybe I need to learn how to meditate, begin that process. Even though my mind's not completely ready, begin the process and have a system set in place where I can be supported. As mentioned, a meditative process brings stuff up, brings self-awareness up, and sometimes we're not ready to see all those things. So that's why it's important to have a teacher to assist you in self-reflecting back what you're witnessing, what is arriving in any given situation. So from there, if A, you can't manage it, that's a red flag saying, hey, I need to bring in something to assist me to manage what's going on in my mind. Now, it might be an external physical source, or you might look back in your life when your mind's been still and say, wow, when I do this, that quiets my mind. And that might be your point of entry. That might be working out. That might be sailing. That might be painting. Whatever it might be, you might be saying, wow, I need to bring this in because that brings me to my still point. Whatever that might be, as long as it's a healthy endeavor, not checking out on food, drugs, alcohol, sex, all those things are distractors. They might calm us in a moment, but they're just band-aids that we put on for a moment. As you evaluate uh, what you're occupied with, knowing that that's just the noise, the noise of the repetitive stories, the repetitive thoughts, they are just the distractor. They keep us from seeing what's at the root. And when we can't see that root, uh, then uh, that just 
dissipates. That just moves us from what really is wanting to be addressed. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I said that completely correctly, but I'm going to retract that. So when we are obsessed in our mind or obsessed with a story, it pulls us from our center and then it keeps us from seeing what really needs addressed. So oftentimes when someone is in a fight or flight situation, their mind becomes obsessed with certain things or they avoid certain things because they don't want to really acknowledge where they're at and it can immobilize them. It can prevent them from taking action. It can actually put them in a, an uncomfortable situation. And so with that being said, this is why it's important on a daily basis to evaluate where am I grasping? Why am I grasping at this? Am I grasping at something in my relationship? Oh, maybe I need to welcome to have some communication in my relationship. Am I grasping at something at work? Maybe I need to welcome to have communication at work. Am I grasping at something internally that I I don't feel good about myself? Uh, Do I need to evaluate that? So as you move through this process, this is the opportunity for you to uh, look in and be with your mind. So so from there, we're going to let the mind rest. (laughs) And so anything that you came to a realization about, just let it be. And as we move through this, you'll start to see how these are all interrelated. And if we become fixated in one location, it can prevent us from really acknowledging the other aspects of ourself that could actually balance that mind. (laughs) So now as we move into the physical body, this is something that we can put aside, especially in our Western culture. We can forget the importance of maintaining a well body. And I actually personally went through this whole process of, you know, being an athlete, uh, being someone that put physical fitness oftentimes first (laughs) and um, always have maintained nutrition for sure. However, the reason I'm sharing this is that there can be points and times in our life that maybe we move away from one way of being and we don't know how to transition into uh, maybe a more well-balanced way of being. So for me, I was a marathon runner. Some things happened in my life where I couldn't tend to that type of uh, intensive training. However, uh, with those series of things that occurred, it also prevented me from uh, finding a balance of how to reintegrate the beauty of physical activity. So as I've um, moved my way back to that aspect of nourishing my body, I use this as an example that this is an area where if we let that go out of balance, even if our mind is like a Jedi, our physical body uh, still needs tended to and to honor, you know, what's going on and to also keep it in balance. You know, when I was a marathon runner running 60 to 80 miles a week and training, uh, that served its purpose to run races, but wasn't the best way to keep my body in balance. Uh, did an adrenal drain on my body, uh, fatigued it, uh, kept me from enjoying other aspects of my life or having time to do certain things in my life. So there's always balance to all these things. And you have to evaluate, you know, if you're a professional football player, you're going to need to be working out quite a a bit. And the same, you know, I had a goal of running marathons, so I needed to tend to that. However, it doesn't mean you forget about the other pieces. So with that example being laid out there is 
to evaluate, are you eating well? This is one thing that most people can see if they start to eat emotionally, if they start to um, feed themselves in a way that is destructive, overeat, undereat, uh, eat foods that aren't nutritious and think, oh, it doesn't matter. It'll temporarily make you feel better. However, that is only a Band-Aid. So are you eating well? Are you maintaining a physical well-being? So this doesn't mean that you need to over-exercise. It doesn't mean you need to under-exercise. It means are you getting physical movement? There's been some beautiful studies in the past year that, or a couple of years, and they've been written up in different periodicals about that, you know, a hundred-year-old grandma that lives in a village that sits on the floor can get up and down because she sits on the floor. Uh, that farmers in the fields can stay physically active because they're doing work labor day in and day out. We have become mostly a sedentary society. We sit a lot. We don't move a lot. And so, yeah, we do rely on physical activity as far as like going to a gym or exercising or hiking or riding our bike or swimming. However, we're not getting that constant physical activity that we would have gotten if we were an agricultural society where we had to work uh, to support ourselves in a different way. So as we acquiesce and adapt to a new way of being, that's where we have to evaluate what's physical well-being. In addition, you know, we age and things happen. You might uh, have a disease and how do you get back to well-being? Uh, You might have been one way and now you're a new way and that self-acceptance and moving forward. So just to check in with the body, are you maintaining physical well-being? Are you strong? Do you feel like you could be stronger? Have you been listening to your physical body? Is there something going on in the physical body that needs attention? Are you avoiding it? Meaning do you need something looked at on the physical body, your skin, internally, in your mouth, whatever it might be. Are you listening to the body? Are you avoiding it? When there's something going on in the body, that's a sign that there's an imbalance. And so when we avoid it, we put off the inevitable that we're going to have to help heal it or nourish it back to well-being. And that can make it a longer road to get back to that place of feeling strong. Historically, are you reactive with your body or proactive? So this might fall into the suit of someone that is... uh, a constant dieter. They're constantly trying to get in shape or lose some weight. However, they never quite get there. Or are you proactive? Have you made your lifestyle of being well part of your lifestyle, not a diet, not something that you do for 10 days and stop? Have you found a way of being with your physical body, of nourishing it physically with food and uh, activity and touch Have you found a way to uh, proactively maintain that? And the the other part, are you resting well? What's the quality of your sleep? This is so important for regeneration of the physical body. So when we evaluate the body, I want to bring this back, and I didn't mention it completely in the mind, is that uh, this is all geared for evaluation so that you can determine what do I need to do. Now, as mentioned with the mind, if you're in a place where you can't manage it yourself, where you're too far out of the mind game, then you need help. The same with the physical body. Maybe you need help. Maybe there's something that you're not addressing. You need to go to a doctor. Maybe you have an injury that needs addressed and you need to go to a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a masseuse, 
wide variety of things, acupuncturists. So there could be a wide variety of things that need to be addressed and you might need assistance. The key here is to become self-reliant so that you listen and you're aware of what needs to happen. You might need to realize that your nutrition isn't so great and how are you going to bring that into balance or do you want to bring that into balance? So if you take a moment and just write down what's the quality of your physical body, are you out of overweight? Are you eating well? Are you resting well? Are you having some physical activity? And if you're not, write it down, write it down. Just acknowledge where you're at today. And it's nothing to feel bad about. And if you know you're way out of balance, if you're really overweight or you really aren't listening to your body, then it's time just to take that step back and honor what is needed. So when we get to the end of this segment, I'll be tying this all together to guide you to where to pay attention for yourself. So just to recap with the physical body, we want to look at how you're nourishing yourself, how you're resting, how you're moving, and at what point are you listening to what's going on with the physical body. And if there's something that needs to be addressed, have you addressed it yet? Or are you putting it off? So as we move into the next aspect of the internal landscape that we're going to review is we're going to look at the soul. And with the soul, this is something that we really put away in any theological institute, uh, Native American practice, depending on how it's held, indigenous practice. Oftentimes what happens in this day and age is that we put aside our spiritual practices if things are too hard or if they're too good. Uh, sometimes when we're in that 911 situation, we're grasping and pleading and wanting to be out of that situation. So we forget to go back to our practices. And maybe if we'd been doing them all along when things were really good, then the 911 wouldn't be feel as extreme. The good thing is if you've had any practices, whatever it might be, spiritual practices, and you remember them, it's time to bring them in, especially if as we're going through these internal pieces and then we'll go to the external, you realize, whoa, I'm a little out of balance. This is the time to really put these in check because when we check in with our mind, body, and spirit, we start to recognize where we're out of balance, what we need, and what will bring us back to center. So for me, for example, meditation will always bring me back to my highest self without a doubt. So there's never a sit that doesn't return me to there. So if you're spinning in your life, in your mind or your physical body and your soul, those are all red flags. And as we examine the soul, the spirit, the essence of you that is eternal, that's infinite. These are the questions you ask yourself. Uh, One, do you have a spiritual practice? Or do you have a nature-based practice? Anything that connects you to an energy field that's unexplainable. We don't have to give a word to it, but you can if you like. Do you maintain it on a regular basis? Do you rely on it? Meaning that do you rely on the benefits of it and see the benefits of it so you're more motivated to bring it into your daily practice? Do you honor its importance? Like really hold reverence to what that's giving you. Because there's a field of energy that's reciprocating to you every time you meet yourself in that place. 
And then the other question to ask here is, do you keep your heart clear? Meaning that emotions are going to come in and out. You're going to experience a wide variety of emotions because you're in a human suit. However, for the most part, do you keep it clear? And then when you're processing an emotion in the physical or emotional heart, do you honor that? And do you have a way to allow that to move through you and then to keep moving forward? So that aspect of the soul, the reason this is so important is the soul is tied to this really unusual cause and effect. When we start nourishing our soul, whether you have a theological belief system, a yogic system, or a Taoist system, whatever, there's lots of labels right now, a Buddhist system, a science-based system, whatever it might be, Every time you meet yourself in that sacred space, let's say you don't even believe in a spiritual practice, but let's say you have great reverence when you're hiking through the mountains and you just touch something so special that's unexplainable, you can't use words to define it. And in that moment, you touch that essence of the universe that I call the unseen. And that field has this way of communicating and supporting us if we choose to be supported by it. It's kind of like your mom or dad offering you a hug, but you don't want it because you're so caught up in your fit that your parents are like, okay, you don't want my hug? I'm not going to give it to you. The unseen, the spirit world, the, the world that is giving you a call and response is there offering a hug at any given moment. It's up to you if you want to receive it. In those moments when it's available to you, and it's not to create um, dependency on it, it's meeting yourself somewhere so, so special. So what happens when you start honoring yourself in the sacred way and you honor the unknown, the unexplainable, the things that we don't even understand yet, maybe not for many generations to come, what happens is so curious to me, a higher state of be being arrives on the scene. Uh, a being that has a natural embed of ethics, a way of taking right action with the mind, the, the words, and the physical body. It knows beyond reasonable doubt where it wants to be. And so the more you meet yourself there, the less likely you are to slip in the slippery slope of participating in the everyday 3D world. We're exchanging energy all day long. And if we're not honest with ourselves and others, we're exchanging this energy field and we can blame it on someone else, but we're in this constant dance with one another. So if you're hanging out with bank robbers over time, you'll probably become the bank robber if you don't have a level of discernment as to why you're hanging out with the bank robbers. So this is, this is just maybe an obtuse example. However, having that spiritual practice brings us into our high states, higher states of being and people that have gone to church or synagogue or any type of uh, sacred temple or institute have that sense like, oh, I want to do right why I'm in here. And there's a reason for that. They're, they're touching something that's unexplainable within themselves, not necessarily outside of themselves. So this is why that's so important because it almost immediately points to, oh, if you did this, this would come into balance. If you, oh, you know, you're in prayer or meditation. Oh, if you uh, consume this food, it would help bring your body into balance. Oh, if you were more active. Oh, you know what? Maybe you should pay attention to this person that you're hanging out with because there's some red flags. The 
unseen world is always welcome to show you reflections in the dream world. It's welcoming you to see them in the waking state world, to listen to conversations that are happening. And in those moments, you will start to see what you need to see, maybe what you've overlooked. And then it's only you that can decide what you want to do next. So this is why this is a very key component in keeping ourselves in harmony in our internal landscape. And Uh, should not be avoided on a daily basis for certain. So what I'd like you to do is just do another, just tune in right now. We're going to play a song by Tina Malia. It's a short segment, about four minutes or so. And what I'd like you to do is I'll lead you in, but observe the quality of your mind, your heart, and your soul. And the your I'm sorry, your mind, your body, your heart slash soul. And as you do... I want you just to think about like what's going on in here and why? What am I grasping at? What's going on in my physical body? I'm feeling this. Hmm. Is there something I can do or is it just a sensation for right now? It'll, it'll, maybe it'll pass or I need to go to the doctor. I need to see someone about this. And spiritually, what am I yearning for? What is my, my soul craving? What needs to be fed there? So as we go in, We'll lead you in with a little breath, and I'm going to have you breathe into each location. We'll start with the physical body, just gently breathing into the physical body. Sense anything that might be going on in your physical body right now. Feel into it. Welcome the breath to meet you there, to show you what you need to know. Take a nice, gentle breath in and out. Another one, deep breath in. And out. Again, deep breath in. And out. And as you continue to breathe in and out, welcoming you to take that breath up into the mind and connect to the quality of your thoughts what your mind might be grasping at or for. Take a gentle breath in and out. Again, deep breath in and out. Another one, deep breath in and out. And as you continue to breathe in and out, welcoming you to then bring the breath into the heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, gently breathing in and out. Another one, gently breathing in and out. As you continue to breathe in and out, just gently allow Tina's voice and sounds to wash over you. Continue to evaluate the physical body, the mental body, the soul and emotional body. Just check in, see where you're at, see what you need in this moment. May the Lord. Sun 
So gently bringing your awareness back to my voice. And if you had any ahas during that segment within the mind, the body, and the soul, I welcome you to pause the segment and go ahead and write them down. And then choose the area, circle the area, and really a couple times that you feel needs immediate need, maybe somewhere within the mind, the body, or the soul. And wherever that location is, or situation, or complete disregard for has occurred, uh, I welcome you to just circle it several times so you can go back to it later. And as I mentioned earlier in the segment, there's a system in place within nature and within many texts uh, from science to uh, studies from the East, Eastern sciences, and theological systems. We're going to reference Chinese medicine system, Ayurvedic medicine system, yogic medicine system right now. Within those systems, what happens when you start to nourish one area that's been really neglected, it starts to bring the entire system into balance because all of a sudden you have awareness once you do some deep time with your soul, what you need to consume or what you need to do to bring your body into balance. When you have time to address what's going on in the mind, it settles down and then you can start to see and hear and feel the physical body, the emotional body, the spiritual body, because you're not grasping at a rabbit loop over and over and over again. So as you move through this process, I welcome you in this moment to just to address right now say okay I see this and circle it like I have been neglecting this and it's going to change over time there are going to be different points in time in your life that maybe you give something a lot of your attention and you forget to do other areas but as I mentioned in the system if we're addressing our body it will help our mind and then guess what when our mind is settled then we can access that spiritual aspect of ourself and we can hear clearer But when we neglect these things, the system is out of balance and we aren't at our optimum. So we learn to function. Our society is functioning very uh, difficultly right now because many people suffer from depression, anxiety, stress disorders, psychological disorders, yet the world is still going round. So we know that we can function not at our optimum. Imagine what happens when our society is functioning at its optimum, when each self takes responsibility for self. And that's all that can really happen. So when we look at the external self, there are some questions, and this part will, will be a little bit faster for all of you listening, in the sense that When we are in tune with our internal self, then we know what we need in the external world. We begin to acquiesce to where we need to be in balance. And it will surprise you. All of a sudden you might say, oh, I don't want to eat that fast food anymore. I want to eat a healthy meal. I want to sit down and enjoy a meal. I want to take time with my companion and uh, have a good conversation versus stuffing some food down my face because I'm hungry. So think about it that way. And so if we look at the external self and we look at food, water, and shelter, when we look at these and currency, because right now on planet earth, we have currency. We want to look at the quality of the food that you're eating, the quality of water that you're drinking, the quality of shelter that you have and, or don't have, and the quality of your currency. Currency is an energy. Is it flowing effortlessly? Is it feeling uh, stagnant? Is it feeling like you can't meet your needs uh, in, the, in your current situation? Then 
within that, when you start to ask yourself, where within food, water, and shelter and currency does it need attention? So maybe your currency isn't flowing like you want it. So the quality of your food goes down, the quality of the water you go down, the quality of your shelter goes down, or you maybe lose one or all those things. So then we say, okay, say you're missing your shelter, for instance. Then you say, okay, I need to focus on making currency. Like I I really need to focus on anything that's going to bring in currency because that's going to reestablish my foundation. That's going to take you out of fight or flight. This is a really important concept. And when that happens, then all the currency initially needs to go to food, water, and shelter. It's hard because you have to have restraint. You know, we're in a consumer society. But if it doesn't go to food, water, and shelter, and you start to skimp on those areas still, you'll still be out of balance. You might be out of fight or flight, but then your currency might get depleted again, and you might be in the same situation. So from there, we're going to uh, look at the quality of where it comes from where in those four things what's the quality of it where does it come from and where does it need attention and that place where it needs attention is where it's not stable so if you're missing one of those or all of them then you need to think how am I going to get help so if anyone's listening and they don't have any of these things they don't have access to food water shelter currency please if you have access to the internet send me an email but find someone, call um, their shelter services in most cities around the world. Uh, if you're struggling, uh, don't be too proud to see if you can find a solution. And I'm happy to answer emails or talk to you if you need some objective point of view about where you're putting your resources and how you can best uh, shore that up. So if you look at all of that, uh, you'll realize that if you're not stable, what happens is you are in fight or flight. This uh, destabilization, not having any of these four things, will cause fight or flight similar to the saber-toothed tiger. So this is why we have to look at that external reflection. So you may be able to avoid by numbing out something in the mind, the body, or even the spirit body by doing things like drinking too much, uh, obsessing about about someone or something, you might be able to overconsume food, sex, drugs, alcohol, all those things. You might be able to do merchandise consumption to avoid what is going on in these locations in our internal world. And then what happens is it brings our external world out of balance because we have ignored and displaced uh, looking at what we need to examine. And that's okay. Don't be hard on yourself. Just decide when you're ready to move forward. So from there, we're going to look at the quality of your relationships in the external world. This gives us a sense of what's going on. So are you feeling codependent in your relationships? Do you feel free within them? Are they interdependent? So these three questions, codependent, most of our society is codependent. As I mentioned in the beginning of the segment, we have been trained, programmed, all these things to be codependent in our society. However, the system that self-corrects itself is an interdependent system, nature. And then if you want to move beyond this system on this world, this planet, it's beyond duality. But the interdependent system is a much more aligned system to for you to really connect to how you were intended to operate on this planet. So no different than a gear has a responsibility on a bicycle to move a certain way. 
we as humans have a responsibility here within this world system to operate a certain way. However, right now, the way it is, there are a lot of manipulations that occur because we're grasping and grasping and avoiding, and we're forgetting that we belong in this world system a certain way, just like the gears on a bicycle. So when we start to align to that, uh, things become a lot more effortless, a lot more clear. So if you say by nature there's a lot of codependency, then that's something to examine. You'll see where the grasping is in the mind and the heart and the soul and the physical body with that one. Do you feel free within your relationships? Meaning, do you have the liberty to do what you need to do, what you want to do? Uh, that's your choice. Uh, do you feel free? And the interdependent is where you realize that you have something very special to offer. When I talked about the soul body, the crown of your head, when you connect to that aspect of yourself, you are going to be in service to self and others. You all, everyone listening has these amazing gifts inside of you. It's not your passion and purpose. It's these innate gifts that you have. It's again, not your passion and purpose. It's these innate gifts that you have that were intended to be of service. When you utilize those tools that you have, these gifts, it creates a different frequency for you to operate through life. And it again, connects you with the unseen, the unexplainable and there's a reciprocation that happens because you're honoring this gift that you were given. You're acknowledging it, that it's there, and you're utilizing it. So when that happens, these beautiful things start to occur. Now, you still might have passions and purpose. You know, you might have this gift, let's say, that is to do good for people, just simple good. Like you see someone, this week I saw a woman stuck in a crosswalk on a wheelchair, so I jumped out of my car and pushed her across the street simple goodwill towards a stranger, helping this person out. I could have sat there and ignored it, chose not to, you know, it's a choice in every moment. If, if you have this innate gift that brings you this level of when you're doing, let's say goodwill, then if you're not doing that, it pulls you out of this place in your everyday life with the external world. So it's really important to remember that you do have these gifts and that's why it's so important to cultivate your soul and your spiritual practice because you'll be aware of what they are. So as you look at the quality of your relationships and how to become more interdependent, it will be important and integral to uncover your innate gifts. If you're an amazing sewer, maybe you aren't doing this for your occupation. However, you can do that sewing, let's say to help a homeless group. Maybe they need hats, clothing, pillowcases, whatever it might be. Maybe it's to help out at a school and keep their costs down by making all the costumes. Maybe it's to help out in your family by making your daughter a formal gown so you don't have to absorb the cost of buying the gown. And it's a special interaction between you and your daughter. So there's all these ways that we can be of service. And when that happens, then we are in communication with the unseen we're in communication with our soul we're more in harmony with this interdependent way of being when we become self-reliant what happens when we're feeding our mind body and soul when we have food water shelter and currency what we have is we have more to give to the whole we have more to show up with we actually have physical means to share with others that aren't there yet we have the ability to do right by each other and the centeredness to objectively be doing so. So the last place that we're going to examine before we close out with the practices is 
how are you with your ecosystems, with your surroundings? Do you have self-awareness in your physical surroundings where you live, where you operate day to day? Or do you move through oblivious to what's going on? Are you more I-centric versus we-centric, meaning that understanding that you're co-sharing space around the world that you're in? How are you with your local environments? Do you have reverence for what's going on in your community? Do you help out with it? Do you have an understanding of what's going on local, national, world communities? And how do you interact with those? How do you interact with nature? Because nature is going to teach you about interdependence. How do you engage? Do you engage at all? This is going to be your teacher. It's a a nonverbal teacher, but nature will teach you if you are willing to engage. But you have to be willing to spend the time. And that question, as you're evaluating, is again where you ask, how can I serve? When you ask, how can I serve? That's when you connect your higher states of being, your innate gifts that were intended to be of service and assist you in becoming self-reliant internally and externally. So first we have to think about the internal. How do we become self-reliant internally? Once we're really strong, it becomes easier to be self-reliant externally. And this can take time. So for family members that uh, are, you know, rooting on a friend or a loved one, you know, understand this takes space and time. It doesn't sometimes happen overnight, especially if someone's gone through a lot. And for Others that are out there judging and don't know the whole story, uh, maybe just hold your tongue for a little bit. Root your friends on, root your family on, especially if you see that they're working at it. So what happens once you've identified where you're not self-reliant, where you want to work internally, identify why. Why do I want to work there? What was going on in the past? And once you understand that, you'll start to see the pattern that you need to unlock. And that will allow you to see what brought you to here. And so that way you don't repeat that pattern in the future. And once you realize what the pattern is, let's say it's to sell yourself short for how much you're paid wherever you work. And that affects your mind, body, and spirit because you feel depleted. You don't have enough to meet your needs. So that pattern is why do you do that? Are you willing to ask for more? Are you willing to go and do what you need to do so you can make more, so you can meet your needs? And once you see that pattern, are you ready to be complete with that pattern? And if the answer is yes, then go for it. Move on and start to take the steps forward motion. And again, if you need help with this evaluation, please reach out to me at SuzanneToro at gmail.com. So the practice is to daily evaluate what is. Evaluate the mind, the body, the spirit. Identify where it is important, most important for you to take action, start there. This could change day to day. All of a sudden you could be sick. I was with a client today. All of a sudden she was on this great role taking care of everything. She got sick, but she said, you know what? I'm maintaining how I'm nourishing myself. I can't do my physical activity, but I'm nourishing myself. Fantastic. And she'll remember how to get back to that physical activity. So then from there, start in the one thing that you identified in the internal world and one thing in the external world focus there. So if if you want to improve the quality of your shelter, focus there. You might realize, gosh, the only way I can improve my quality of shelter is if I increase the amount of money I earn. So then, then it's going to pull you over to currency and your job, and that might pull you into your mind while you're blocked there. The final thing is to be gentle with yourself. Just be very, very gentle with yourself. Don't try to do it all at once. Don't try to sweep out everything at once. Be gentle and really 
have gratitude for everything that has come to you to support you to hear. Give gratitude for all the people that have shown up and supported you and cheered you on, even the ones that maybe you got annoyed with. Just think about, you know, all the things you've been given and where you can go from here. There's no reason to be hard on yourself. That won't serve. Just be gentle and decide, hey, I'm going to keep going. So to recap the practices again is one to identify in your mind, body, and spirit one area you want to start working on. It'll start revealing itself. Daily check-ins with mind, body, and spirit to see what is. And then externally evaluating the quality of your relationships, the world around you, how you relate to the world around you, how you serve the world around you, and the quality of your food, water, and shelter. Then from there, decide where you're going to take action in those two arenas. One place only. Please keep the practice going for at least a month, maybe two, and acquiesce only as needed when something comes up that throws you way out of your routine. And then finally, be gentle with yourself. You're doing great. Keep being you. We are all evolving together. And if we can give each other that much grace, we might be profoundly surprised at what's possible within self and within others. Until next time, we're going to sign out with a little more OK Go. This is she with a deep bow, a soft gaze, a gentle smile, and a namaste. Be simply. Feel that, feel that Don't, don't, don't stop, 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 can't stop It's like a